This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Long day, long day. I had its moments. I know that feeling. Yes, sir. Not, not always fun. Not always fun. Not always fun, but uh, definitely had its pluses today. Well, that's good. That's good. You know. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know it's. You know, it's what every team really wants as they're beginning of the season and they're they're in a midweek matchup in another country. They want to go into stoppage time and then into extra time and then to penalties. It's what they want. Hey, man, you lift a trophy, you lift a trophy. <laughs> What's 30 extra minutes? We've conquered all of Europe. Yeah. Ugh. Never gonna stop. <laughs> Eventually we will, but right now we're not. <laughs> oh man, that is delicious. It was a good day. Yeah, it was, and it'll be a great night here, or day, yeah. whenever you're listening to this on the Informed Affair podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I am Edward Green, joined as always by McCollin Crime, Wes Bradshaw, and uh, boy, do we have a big episode for you guys today. Uh, not only do we have finally our Premier League predictions for the 2018, or, anyway, the 20, 2019 20. Yes, the 2018. I might be able to get some of those right. <laughs> uh, the 2019 2020 Premier League season. Uh, we will be doing those. And then, of course, recapping the first week. So much gap in the first week. Uh, VAR already introduced in. A super positive way in the Premier League. That was great. Um, wild accusations already being thrown around. Hot takes being given. And people already going down with injuries. Um, so we'll, of course, get to all that. Um, as well as Liverpool's win in the the biggest tournament so far of the year. The UEFA Super Cup. 
Um, easily one of the top six biggest trophies in the world. Um, they will be, will be, so we'll be getting to that, uh, as well as, of course, the news and notes, the watch for, and maybe so raw. Uh, so really raw, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll run down SummerSlam. Why not? Hey, SummerSlam. It is what it is. Um, I'm glad I got a notification that that was on Sunday. Yeah, right. I was, uh, I was, um, what was I doing? I was doing the, uh, spoiler just to take you, or not spoiler alert, but to take you guys behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, I do the, uh, the Twitter posts for the, uh, the, uh, the AFA pod Twitter hand, uh, handle. And, uh, when I was thinking of what, to, to program for the Saturday one that was going to go off, I was like, oh, I wonder what's happening in wrestling. And then I saw a tweet somebody posted about WrestleMania being this Sunday or SummerSlam being this Sunday. And I was like, oh. So that's that's this weekend, is it? It's only like the second biggest show of the year, but uh, eh. yeah. Uh, this is uh, your fault, a- Vince. AEW week on week, I cannot. Uh, that's got to come and try to save me. Yeah, there you go. It, it'll, it'll start soon, and hopefully, well, we're, we're just gonna have a decision to make at the end of the year. I think so. <laughs> ah, fun. Um, so we'll of course get to that later on in the pod. As always, this pod is presented by NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. We never stop, as well as Elysia's pillows and things. Hey, um, if you're if you're down with the pillows and things, um, if uh, hey, Premier League's just starting up, so I know you guys out there, you wake up early. To catch the Premier League, especially on the East Coast here in the United States, to see those 12.30 England time matches, you're waking up at like 7.15 here. So while you're watching Rebecca Lowe on your Saturday or Sunday morning, why not have your favorite Premier League team on a body pillow? So you don't even have to roll out of bed. You just already have your favorite team right there. It'll be great. Well, check out Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook. She has some amazing things. You can tell Wes is excited about this prospect. Um, so go check that out. Um, and, and if you want some more deals, please visit NGSC Sports um, for some great information there. So, again, that's Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's totally it this week. That's everything. Um, it's not summer anymore. Nobody needs sunglasses. So as we uh, as we move on, what, what should we do first, Wes? Do you, do you want to do a recap of the week, or do you want to just dive into our predictions first? Um, uh, yeah, Maradona. <laughs> let's do a uh, let's do a recap. All right, we'll let's do a recap. recap. First. I mean, we don't have to do the most in depth, greatest recap of all. No, 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 no. We'll just we'll, we'll just hit a few matches because uh, there there was some craziness that happened, and uh, we'll just I'll just run through, and then uh, we'll just hit some of the highlights. We'll start Friday, uh, August 9th. Premier League starts Friday night football on NBC Sports. Uh, Liverpool picking up right mostly where they left off from last season, crushing newly promoted Norwich 4-1, starting off with an own goal from poor Grant Hanley. Uh, No one to frame him there uh, as Liverpool got off the ground running in the seventh minute. Then Salah and Van Dyke picked up right where they left off from last season, each scoring in the first half hour, followed by a Divac Origi goal just before halftime. That was 4-0. They did give one away. Uh, late on in the final half hour to Timu Puki, 
who did put one in. Oh, that's going to be a fun name to say this year for Norwich, uh, as he got one back for uh, for Norwich as they were able to go home with something from this match. And, of course, we'll have a little bit of the injury news from this a little bit later on as we dive a little deeper. But just like last year, in the, the spirit of anything you can do, I can do better, apparently. Man City comes out and blows out West Ham 5-0, Sterling with the first match Hattie in the, the new Premier League season. Three goals to go along with a Gabriel Jesus goal, as well as a Kuhn penalty in the sixth minute. That actually ended up getting VARD because uh, it was a judge that the West Ham keeper came off his line. Or no, actually, it was uh, I think it was Declan Rice came in too early. I don't know. Somebody moved off the line early, and they had to retake the penalty, and Aguero scored it. So five nothing City. They're rampant once again. Uh, Palace and Everton played to a nil nil draw. Good for Everton, those summer signings paying off. Uh, Brighton, oh, big win over Watford, 3-0 uh, on the road. Um, Anthony DeCore with an own goal for Watford starting off. A lot of own goals this weekend. Uh, and then uh, Brighton would strike for two more in the final 30 minutes to get the result on the road. A uh, similar scoreline for Burnley as they beat Southampton 3-0. Uh, two teams that may be looking to avoid the drop this year. Ashley Barnes with the brace in there just seven minutes apart from the second half. Uh, Sheffield gets their first point in the Premier League as they draw Bournemouth 1-1. Late drama there as Billy Sharp steps up in the final few minutes to get Sheffield United their equalizer. Uh, Tottenham in the afternoon match on Sunday gets the 3-1 win over Villa as they're back up in the Prem. Uh, they took a little bit of a shock early lead through some poor defending and a great finish from John McGinn in the ninth minute. But on his debut, Tengi Ndombele came through with a big goal in the 73rd minute. And then Harry Kane, he doesn't score in August until now. Scored two in the final five minutes of the match to give Tottenham a big win and their first season opener in their new stadium. Um, still naming debt to be determined. But they do get all three points, which is what matters. Um, and then on Sunday, Leicester and Wolves played to a nil-nil draw. Wolves thought they had a goal early in the second half, but that was judged by VAR to be actually not because of foul committed in the box. So that one stayed nil-nil. Uh, Arsenal gets a 1-0 win over Newcastle. Oh, poor Newcastle. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on the score sheet there just before the hour mark to get Arsenal the 1-0 victory. And then United blitzed Chelsea after getting outplayed for the first about 15 minutes of the match to win 4-0. Big stuff there we'll be talking about. Um, and actually, Wes, if you want to, we can start with that match as we as we do a little more of a, a deeper dive into a few of these. Um you know, this was a big match, I think, come into the week. Uh, two teams in a bit of transition. We still don't know who's going to stay at United through the rest of this transfer period. That's still open for the rest of Europe outside of England. We don't know what's going to happen to Paul Pogba. Uh, Romelu Lukaku has gone off to Italy. Um, Marcus Rashford now the, the upfront man for good. Um, and they brought in, of course, the now richest defensive player ever, Harry Maguire, um, comes in. Uh, Chelsea looked good early. Um, then they kind of gift a penalty to United through Kurt Zuma uh, in the 18th minute. And then in the second half, the floodgates just sort of opened and and uh, there was nothing really Chelsea could do about it. I even texted you, you know, I said, Chelsea, the way they're playing under Frank Lampard in his first season there, 
they look like they might get uh, hit out on the counter a lot. And that's actually especially what happened for the second and third goals, especially the one from Rashford in 67th, which was just beautifully assisted from Paul Pogba, one of the few things he actually did right on the day. Um, mm-hmm. But Wes, this was, I think, a big match for both these teams. United, a team in turbulent times to get a resounding 4-0 win to start the season. And Chelsea, also a team in a little bit of transition, showing very early on what they have to work on the rest of the season. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, two teams, two teams who have really fallen off their perch Mm -hmm. here in the last uh, few seasons, Uh, personnel decisions, management decisions, front office decisions, you know, for, for the two teams that for about a decade were kind of the, the benchmark of the Premier League, um, as United and Chelsea were. I think you just kind of have to take this result with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Chelsea are quite as bad as they, as the scoreline said. I don't think United are quite as good as the scoreline said. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe Chelsea's going to have trouble. And after watching Chelsea firsthand today in the Super Cup, mm-hmm. I think Chelsea are going to have issues scoring this season. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they've got they've got talented players, but it just seems like you know I don't know if things are going to totally mesh with a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And of course, Chelsea can't bring anyone in new until next summer, mm-hmm. so they're kind of stuck with this group and see what happens. Pulisic, I saw some good things from Pulisic today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't very effective against United, but, you know, coming in that point down where they were, mm-hmm. trying to do what they were trying to do, they weren't – they didn't really have a chance. Um, defensively, there are issues there. Um, even with Juan Basaka and Harry Maguire, who, you know, really looking at – I mean, those are good buys. Mm-hmm. Did they overpay for both of them? I mean, of course they did. This day and age – who really cares? <laughs> it's starting to get that way. Well, I mean, especially if you're Manchester United, you're like the richest club in the world. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit if you overpaid? <laughs> I mean, it's not like they're not, it's not like suddenly the Glazers can't, you know, buy dinner, you know, can't go to KFC <laughs> and buy dinner for the kids, you know? Um, so, I mean, really at this point, who cares? Uh, you know, Harry Maguire looked good. You know, Wamba Saka looked good. And for United right now, that's all that really matters. <laughs> that's all that really matters. <clears throat> um, I think their issues are going to come in midfield. Scott McTominay looked really good the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think McTominay is a guy that you want leading your midfield. No. Um, or being like, you know, a starting 11 week in, week out guy. I think he's a good squad player. He's coming around nicely. Mm. Uh, Pereira, I'm not totally sold on Pereira. Pogba, Pogba, Denny Green said it. He is who we thought he, who they thought they were. <laughs> Pogba is one of the most supremely talented players in the world. He can do things that others can only dream of, and he will do them when he is good and ready and feels like it. And you're not going to get much more than whatever he feels like doing. Um, up front, Rashford. Rashford uh, has all the talent in the world. Rashford should become a superstar. Um, you still got Martial up there, who I, I've I've always been kind of a fan of Martial. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I just I think he has not been in the proper system for him to thrive. I still don't know if he is, but I think it's got to be better than when he was with Mourinho at this point for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alexis Sanchez is <clears throat> he's Alexis Sanchez. I mean, we'll just we'll see what happens. I don't know I don't know what else to say for him. I, but uh, he's just. Let's put it this way. If Sanchez scored four goals this year and was injured for most of the year, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If Sanchez scored 18 goals and had eight assists, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. <laughs> so there's just anything from him, I think, is just gravy at this point with what they're paying him. I think long term, I don't think United, and we'll get to this obviously in our preview, I don't think United are really set to make a run long term with this team. Mm hmm. But I think they could have some weeks where they look really impressive. Hmm. Um, I think they could have some weeks where if they get snowballing on a team, they're going to win some 4-0, 5-1 matches. So, uh, uh, and I think I think they just caught Chelsea. They caught Chelsea at a really good time. You know, Lampard's first match in the Premier League. Chelsea unsettled. Uh, N'Golo Conte out. Uh, I think they really caught them at a perfect time, and it was a really good win for United to start the season. I just uh, I don't think this is a sign of things to come for United. Absolutely, I I agree with you. I was impressed um, for the most part with how Maguire and Juan Bissaka played. Uh, I thought they were they were very good. Um, I think a lot of people talked about how Chelsea was kind of running the game a little bit. Uh, and talked about, you know, uh, if, if Abraham doesn't hit the, the post, you know, it's a completely different match. And I'm like, yeah, but he also got that shot off on kind of a freak bounce. So I, it, I don't take that away from the United defense that he was able to get that good of a look. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I, I do think United are maybe... I think they, and we'll get to this in the the preview a little bit more. I think they might be the best of the next three. Um, I, I think they might be wildly inconsistent sometimes this year, but I think all three of those other three are going to be like that. But I, I think at the end of the day, United has enough quality overall on that team to be the best of the three. That said, this is also United and Solskjaer could be gone in January and everything could just get blown up. So who knows? Um, but we'll talk more about that in our, uh, our our season preview that comes one weekend. Um, second match of three we'll talk about is the City match. And again, we can talk just a little bit about this. VAR getting introduced. Um, and even I guess we can kind of really pair this with, with the Liverpool talk uh, uh, for their match against Norwich. Two teams so dominant last season. 98 and 97 points respectively in the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool winning the Champions League. Uh, City winning the two domestic cups. Um, them coming together in the Community Shield, which was a, um, you know, a lot of us like to joke that, you know, the Super Cup and the Community Shield, that they're basically just glorified friendlies. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot friendly about that Community Shield match between Liverpool and City. This this is starting to be a bit of a dare dare I bring back a word from a, a long forgotten place. This might get a little chippy, West Bradshaw. Oh my god. 
It's definitely becoming an affair when they uh, when they need. So knowing that and and seeing Liverpool, and I know you're going to talk some about this match and about the injury that happened in it. Uh, Liverpool coming out four one to start the season and immediately get answered by City with a five nil. I mean, it, it, I said it before, and I know it's a little bit of a cliche, but these two teams really do look for the most part, like they're just picking right off from our start uh, picking right up from where they finished off the last season. Uh, they were, um, <clears throat> Liverpool, maybe a little unlucky when this relation, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Walker had one of those moments <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, maybe if it had been something other than the, uh, community shield, yeah. you know, if that had been a premier league match or if that had been a champions league match, I mean, that would have been one of the all timer plays maybe. Uh, it looked like Mo Salah had won at regulation, and then uh, Walker acrobatically cleared it off the line. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool had another one that came off the crossbar that, um, you know, goal line technology rule did not cross. <laughs> that seems to be a theme, unfortunately, for Liverpool <laughs> recently. Um, City dominated the first half of yeah. that match, and then Liverpool came out in the second half, and for about 20 minutes, just absolutely ran that match up one side down the other. Once again, maybe a little unlucky not to win it in regulation. Uh, but then they go to penalties, and as we know, anything can happen to penalties, and it did. Uh, by now, the missing his penalty. Everybody else puts theirs in. And uh, Manchester City lift the uh, community shield. Um, you know, at the end of the day... It, I mean, it sucked not to win it as a Liverpool fan. You know, you you know, you can always say, "Oh, who gives a crap?" Well, when you get into the match, hell, you might as well go to win. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was like today. Yeah. You know, I was I was I was looking at live updates today on the match, and you know, there's people comment, "Oh, screw it, just go ahead and lose. Who cares?" You know, I, I, we don't care. I'm like, wait a minute, this thing is tied in extra time. Why throw it away now? <laughs> You know, this is stupid. Just try to win the damn match. If you're there, try to win. Um, Liverpool gave it a shot. I do believe that uh, Liverpool overall were were maybe the better team on the day. Mm-hmm. But you know what? At the end of the day, the team who deserved it won. City deserved it. Um, as a Liverpool fan, I came out very happy with the second half, especially for my club. Uh, I saw a lot of the Liverpool from last season. Um, you know, a little bit of game sharpness here and there is going to only improve that. Um, but give it up to City, man. They they raised the community shield for another season. So, uh, good on them. They, they pick up where they left off, which is uh, picking up trophies. Hmm? They win all the domestic shit. Liverpool wins the European shit. <laughs> But now, as for uh, as for the Premier League matches, um, what did you take away from uh, from Liverpool and City both having their dominating performances? Um, both are supremely talented up front and midfield. Um, they both completely overwhelmed the teams they were playing. Uh, they both had it wrapped up by halftime, pretty much. Uh, both of them, their big guns were going. Raz with a hat trick probably should have had more. Um, <laughs> You know, Mo Salah was just unstoppable on the day for Liverpool. Um, you know, those fullbacks throwing balls into the box and wreaking havoc like they do. 
Uh, defensively, Liverpool were definitely not at their best. Uh, the obvious moment that sticks out in the match, uh, Allison having to be taken off due to a calf strain, which for about 24 hours we were all covering, uh, thinking it was going to be a torn Achilles. Mm-hmm. You know, we, were, we, were, we all had visions of Kevin Durant in our head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, ends, up, ends up he's going to miss uh, six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and possibly and probably be back in October, but man, that's a hell of a lot better than seeing him next August. Yeah, and it was kind of it was not funny, funny, but it it was a little humorous that uh, I had texted you in, in a joking way about how a lot of people were complaining about the lack of Liverpool signings over the summer, uh, and uh, and then you commented back with, "Hey, we signed Adrian, excuse me," and then about twenty minutes later. Adrian had to come onto the pitch. He did. And um, after getting to watch him today in the Super Cup, um, that may have been our most astute signing in a long time. <laughs> hey, it's not Simon Mignolet, so there you go. This is Well, yeah, I mean, he, he did a great job in the Super Cup today. I thought he did a nice job against Norwich uh, for literally being signed like four days before the match. I mean, you know, he, he's not Allison. That's the thing. He's not Allison. He's not that He's not that mountain in the face of goal who's a shot stopper plus. I mean, let's just start there. Allison right now might be the best goalkeeper in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, his trophy case right now is backing it up. Um, but uh, for Adrian to come in and not look out of place and just not look – Nervous. I think the problem with Mignolet is was it's not that Simone Mignolet was a bad goalkeeper, but there were enough bad moments in his in the memory bank mm-hmm. of him and Liverpool fans that we were never going to be. Oh, but hey, we got Mignolet. It was never going to be a comfort level with Mignolet, no matter what he did. It just you know old wounds sometimes don't heal. <laughs> And that's how it was. Um, you know, Adrian comes in. He's doing some really good things early. Had the big save today, obviously, in the penalty shootout. Um, I mean, I, I think it's an upgrade at the backup keeper position. And he's going to get a chance. You know, Mignolet's going to be kicking last year. Got in two matches for two <laughs> cups that were done with him. And now literally days after he leaves, you know, um, oh, well, now the new guy's going to get an extended run of the team. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just one of those little ironic things for Mignolet. As you know, he was sitting up in bruise just going, God, shit. However, <laughs> they say that in Flemish, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so, you know, Adrian coming on and immediately to the fold. And uh, great stat, the man has literally played one game in Europe career and has lifted the European trophies. It's crazy. Yeah, obviously he's you know man myth legend. <laughs> he's Adrian. Um, but yeah, you know Adrian against Norwich did a good job, um, and he's just he's just got to keep it up going forward at this point for Liverpool. Um, on the City side. I mean, once again, you know, I, I was I was impressed with what C did because I think West Ham's going to be a pretty good team this year, mm-hmm. and they just kind of swatted them away easily. Um, I don't I don't foresee any issue with City starting their season off hot like they usually do. the The one thing I'm going to keep my eye on for City this season, overall in their entire campaign, 
is, you know, Pep Guardiola is a manager who demands so much from his squads. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't look at the schedule and say, Oh, well, you know what? This is a match we can, you know, we can kind of coast in this maybe. And if we lose, oh, well, no big deal. Pep Guardiola goes out with the goal and the intention of winning every single match and every single trophy. Um, and now this is year four for Pep. And, you know, after a while, that kind of intensity, I mean, we've seen it in different sports in different places. After a while, that level of intensity can kind of wear on a team. Oh, yeah. I think so, that was Josie's I mean, problem to an extreme degree. Yeah, yeah. Now, Josie, on the other hand, you know, Josie brought a lot of problems on himself because Josie just couldn't shut up. Oh, for sure. And Josie, you know, chucked his players under the bus yeah, way that's, too damn much. Yeah. And Pep's not going to do that. True. But, um, you know, you just, you wonder, you know, right now at this point of the year, all right, you know, intensity's up, here we go, we're beating the shit out of people. What's City going to do, okay, come around February, March, when for the, at this point, we'll say for the third straight season, mm-hmm. they're in the League Cup, they're in the FA Cup, they're in the knockout round of the Champions League. They're playing for the Premier League, and for the third straight season, Pep's going pedal to the metal with these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, not that it's a bad thing to want to go out and win all the trophies. I mean, obviously, hell, that's what you're here for is to win the trophies, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes no matter how good of intentions, man, that intensity, you can only go so so hard for so far. Right. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see if there's going to be a hiccup again this year. You know, last year there was a hiccup, but then they turned around and didn't lose a game in the entirety of 2019. Didn't, didn't lose a point. Yeah. I, mean, I just don't know anybody can keep – I mean, you, you can't possibly go 38 wins for the season, can they? Let's not tempt fate. <laughs> Seriously, let's not tempt fate. I mean, 198 points over two years. Uh, sooner or later, something's got to give. You've got to come out of the pack just a little bit. So um, we'll see if this is the year that it happens. That we will. And they will be right back in action this coming weekend as we get you set for week two of the Premier League. Uh, this Saturday, starting at 7.30, Arsenal versus Burnley at the Emirates. Uh, then at 10 o'clock, you have your choice of Villa versus Bournemouth, Everton versus Watford, Southampton versus Liverpool. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Liverpool B versus Liverpool, Norwich City versus Newcastle, Brighton uh. Hove versus West Ham. It hasn't been that way for a while. Uh, and then 12.30, match of the week, City versus Tottenham. Tottenham's first big test as well as cities as they embark on their new Premier League journeys this year. Uh, then at 9 a.m. on Sunday, you have Sheffield United versus Palace. 11.30, Chelsea versus Leicester. That could actually be very big for both those clubs. Leicester with a tough draw out of the gate. And then at 3 o'clock, Wolves versus United. Could Wolves pull off the upset over the high-flying United? We shall see as we take a look. At the table through one week, Manchester City in an un, a not unfamiliar spot sit at top of it with their goal differential. They are level on points with United, Liverpool, Brighton, Burnley, Tottenham, and Arsenal. And then at the bottom, still with zero points through one week, are Newcastle, Aston Villa, Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Chelsea, and West Ham. West Ham, oh, poor West Ham. They're, they're not going to start as slow this year, but... Uh, 
yeah, starting with City, not not fun for them. So they we'll just had the wrong. They just had the wrong damn team week one. Exactly. Anybody who had them was oh, brutal. So Wes, let's let's get to it. That was our week discussion. So let's let's get into the predictions. Um, let's let's start with your. If you want to go first, let's start with your bottom. We're gonna do the bottom four and the top seven. So so in whatever order you want to go in with that, let's let's hear what you got. Oh man, that that bottom three is always bottom three, bottom four is always so interesting. But um, <sighs> you know, out of out of all the teams that came up, made the leap, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with the one who actually got the one. I think Sheffield's gonna be heading back down. Okay. I uh, just, I just don't believe they've got quite enough in the uh, in the old gun barrel to keep them up for a season. Um, it's been an amazing story for them. I mean, they were in the third or fourth division of English football just a few years ago, and they've just gone on a promotion binge, got themselves up. Uh, Sheffield is one of those like classically like popular English towns and teams. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully for them they'll be. I, I would like to see Sheffield be able to make a, a stronghold in the Premier League. I just don't quite believe this is going to be the year for it to happen yet. Uh, so I'm picking Sheffield to go down. Um, just spoiler on this, I'm picking the other two to stay up. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm we have some differences. This is good. I like this. Yeah, this is good. This is good. This is what we do. This is where we have fun. I'm picking Brighton and Hove to go down. And you know, it all looks bad because oh, kick the shit out of uh, <laughs> Southampton. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they kick the shit out of Southampton. Well, I don't think that's going to continue. I think uh, I think they're going to take the tumble down this year. Um, I just I don't like some of the moves they made. I don't, you know, letting Chris Hutton go. I'm still not the biggest fan of. I don't think they replace him with anyone great. I think they're taking the tumble. And um, after that, I think uh, this is one that will probably come back and bite me in the butt. I think Burnley are going to go down. Ooh, that's not a bad call. Yeah, I think Burnley are going to go down. Just. It seemed like they put so much into that run a couple seasons ago, and since then, everything's just kind of coming up crap for them. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think they're talented enough. Um, I think uh, I, no, I'm not saying I get rid of them right now. I think maybe after this season, especially if they go down, I think it might be time to move on from Sean Dyche. Yeah, um, just maybe freshen up, maybe try something a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Sean Dyche might be ready for a new challenge as well. Um, but I think they're going to go down this season. First team staying up, or excuse me, last team staying up, I guess we'll say, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Norwich. Okay. I was um, I was impressed with Norwich the other day. Uh, they play a very um, up-tempo style of football. Which, now here, here's the caveat. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult for them to stay up this season. Mm-hmm. They are going to, and I think they're going to have to front load on their schedule, try to get as many points as possible. Mm-hmm. Because unless they're able to go out 
and refresh and strengthen some in January. The style of play that they do play in the Premier League is going to be really hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, basically, they want to play like Liverpool. <laughs> but the difference is, you know, Liverpool are the six-time champions of Europe because, you know, I had to throw that in. There it is. Um, there it is. Um, and Liverpool have, you know, arguably the best starting eleven in the world. <laughs> Um, Norwich do not have that. No, not quite. Um, but you know, you did see against Liverpool the other day that they are. I mean, they're they're an exciting team. They Max Aaron's is pretty good. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to uh, they're going to have some days. I think pull off the park. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I'm just I've got a feeling for them. I think they're going to do just enough to stay up this season. Mm-hmm. And if they can do it, you know, with their style of play. Maybe that's a team that next year, if they stay in the Premier League, they're able to go and re-strengthen and maybe um, help establish themselves. Because, you know, this is Norwich. I mean, they've been here. Mm-hmm. They've done this. They've stuck around for a while at times. Um, so, uh, we'll, that, that's that's my bottom four. Okay. I think Norwich is going to make it. Uh, Burnley, Brighton, Sheffield, I think, are going to take the tumble this season. All right. Um I'll go ahead and give my bottom four then, and then we'll do both of our top sevens. Uh, I only have two of the same teams in in, in this bottom four area, mm-hmm. uh, and none of them match up. Uh, my last place team is Norwich. Um, I think I think for the reasons you mentioned of of their play style, I think that's going to get them killed. They might be the most entertaining twentieth place team. We will ever see in the Premier League. Um, they might, they might just end up being like a worse version of Bournemouth, uh, where they play like this very kind of high octane offensive style, and they just, but they just don't have the quality to back up that play style uh, in the Premier League. In the Championship, it's fine, but not not in the Premier League. Uh, but I, I think, I think they will be very entertaining. I think they will finish last, nineteenth. Um, I think is going to be Aston Villa. Um, I I watched the game on on Saturday. Um, they're okay. Nothing about them outside of a little bit of Jack Grealish really strikes me as a team that's going to stay up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing they have going for them is if this is going to be, I think, a very interesting Premier League this season because we talk a lot about the bleak mid table. Uh, a lot of times hat tip men and blazers. Um, but I think this year we actually have a lot of really good teams. Even like you were mentioning West Ham, West Ham might not finish in the top eight and still be considered really good. Wolves, Watford, Leicester, all these teams, you know, are, are really good and are probably going to finish outside the top seven. I think the top half maybe even like top 12 of this league is really good. But I think the rest is really bad. Like the, like the bottom third to almost half this league is going to be very, very, very bad. Um, and I think Aston Villa is part of that. Um, and my 18th and, and last team taking the drop. I think it's crystal palace. Sorry. Sorry, Bex. Um, I, I think, Getting getting rid of their best defender in Juan Bissaka uh, was a problem. I don't know how unsettled Wolf, Wolf Zaha is going to be after not getting his move out from the club. 
this this summer, um, and and that's your two best players from from last year's team. One's gone, one wants to be gone. I, I we we love Woy. Uh I don't think Woy's gonna make it through December. Um, I I think Palace is gonna take the drop this year. I think they were pretty bad last year, but had a decent enough run at one point to stay up. And I don't think that's coming this year. I just don't think they have it. I think they're going to finish 18th. And then 17th is going to be Sheffield United. I, I I think they're going to stay up. I think they have just enough in them to stay up. And it's going to be so close. Like, we might be talking like 28 points might be might be staying up this year. Who knows? So, I, I, I don't think the, there's, there's some very bad teams in the Premier League, I think. I might be proven wrong. I'm an idiot. So, who knows? I think the Premier League is is at, at on one part of the table, maybe the best it's ever been, and on the other end, very very bad, very bad. I think I think those top t- table teams are going to rack up a ton of points against the bottom this year. So, but let's talk about that top then, Wes. Uh, what is your top seven? Uh, my top seven. <clears throat> Seventh place, Chelsea Football Club. Yes! He's getting freaky. I like it. Yes! Um, I talked about earlier, very unimpressed with Chelsea. Um, I think the fact that Tammy Abraham is leading the line yeah. as a recipe for disaster. Um, you know, Giroud is still maybe the best guy to do it, but... I really like Giroud as my backup striker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might be that for Chelsea, but damn it. I mean, that means you got to have a good front striker, and they don't. Mm-hmm. I think defensively this team is um, just waiting to absolutely fall apart. Um, I like what I saw from Kepa today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kepa, Kepa kept Liverpool from kind of running away with that Super Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Liverpool didn't – not play a good first half. Keppa really held everything together. Um, not impressed with their midfield. I'm not, I hate to say I'm not impressed with Frank Lampard. Hmm. I, mean, I think it's just, it's too damn early, man. God, the guy's got one year and you're throwing him into the, and not only that, you're doing not anybody. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, that's just, that's just a recipe I think for disaster. Um, so Chelsea Football Club, I think you're, uh, I think you got a seventh place finish in your future. Sixth place, and this is the difficult one. And I had them till near the end of the transfer window, but um, I think the Broj and Leicester City. Wow, we're gonna be pretty close. Gonna find themselves a uh, Europa spot this year. I think they're gonna. Uh, finished in sixth. Um, you know, obviously, if they had kept Harry Maguire, I think this would have been uh, – I really could have nailed him on for that. Uh, but I think it's a very young, very exciting, very talented team. And uh, I think that's the kind of team that Brendan Rodgers really likes. Mm-hmm. Rodgers likes young players that he can mold, that he can do things with. And, look, you know, Brendan Rodgers, yes, we all love to give Brendan <laughs> – at the end of the day, Liverpool, that's maybe not Brendan Rodgers' level. 
But Brendan Rodgers is a guy who can guide a team into the top half of the Premier League and I think can make a run when given the right resources. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, another year of the Jamie Vardy part. Um, I think Madison's going to have another year. I think he's going to get even better this year. Probably, There's a good chance this will be his last year at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ryan Madison's going to have a big year. I like what they've done defensively, even without Harry Maguire. I think Lester is going to crash our party up there. <clears throat> Which brings us to probably the most difficult decision of it all. Fourth and fifth. <sighs> Who's going to get that last Champions League spot? Oh, man. I have gone so far back and forth on this. All right, I'm going to do it. Fifth place, Manchester United. Um, Excuse me. Just because of what we talked about. Talent, they've got good players. Mm -hmm. My God, you just don't know when they're going to melt down. Yeah. Uh, Pogba is is still like a knife that hangs by a thread. I mean, he was still saying after the match, what did he say? Uh, he's still talking yeah I forgot exactly what he said but he made dumbass quotes after the match it's like whatever I'm sorry go ahead yeah well I mean I'm, I'm just thinking and agreeing with you there um, you know and, and the thing is at this point in the window with the United would be insane to sell Pogba at this point mm-hmm. I mean how could you you can't replace him with anything you didn't get anybody in for him can't replace him um, I think United are fifth by default. I don't quite think the Leicester Wolves, Everton, West to ascend to that level yet. Uh, I think Chelsea's taking a big step back this year, and I think United's going to find themselves in fifth. They're going to be battling out till they'll be battling out to the end of the season. I think with uh, my fourth place team, uh, the Arsenal. Hmm. And Arsenal are going to just be, they should be so damn entertaining in fourth this year. <laughs> God, I mean, they are, they are super going all in on the style, which is, well, we can't stop them, so let's outscore them. <laughs> uh, I don't give a shit about Newcastle. I mean, that's what it is. Wow, you got to shut out. By the way, with that, Arsenal have already equaled their uh, away shutout number from last year. Oh, my God. One. Oh, so, God. Uh, Good for them. Um, I, I don't think that's really a harbinger of things to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but, God, that front line of Lacazette and Aubameyang by themselves, that's really good. Mm-hmm. You had Pepe, and if Nicholas Pepe hits the ground running in the Premier League, it's um, it's going to be it's going to be a scary proposition when Arsenal's coming forward at you. Um, I think Arsenal have gotten worse in midfield. Obviously, the loss of Aaron Ramsey. That, that doesn't help. Whatever you want yeah. to say, that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the back, it, it's got all the makings of just being a damn train wreck at the back. Um, to lose, or I mean, to you know, to, to gain as your big signing, David Luiz. <laughs> oh, holy shit, man! A guy who doesn't realize central defender. Yeah. Um. Kieran Tierney, we'll see. He's hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you bought a guy who's hurt, who's got to play his way back in shape and then figure out what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. 
Arsenal. They're gonna put a shit ton of shit ton of goals up, but I think they're gonna ship. I think they're shipping fifty. I think they're shipping fifty plus, and they'll probably score eighty plus. Yeah. So I mean, there's gonna be a lot of three to two, four to three matches with them, and I'm not saying what side they're gonna come out on. on <laughs> Uh, number three, Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, third place, uh, baby. I think Tottenham have improved from last season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Christian Eriksen before this transfer window closes. Yep. Um, I think I think in the transfer market, all the great work that Tottenham did, I think they're, I think there's still one midfielder short on what they wanted in the transfer market. Mm-hmm. Erickson can be that midfielder, but the problem that the problem that Tottenham are running into with Erickson is, you know, do you cash in or do you let him run it down? Mm-hmm. Get nothing back for him. Um, I think I've heard there's a rift right now between Erickson and Pochettino because Pochettino. So why am I going to start him early? And Erickson's kind of pissed off. Why aren't you playing me? Uh, so you kind of hope that doesn't blow up on him. And Dombele looks like he's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he he's come right in, hit the ground running. Uh, La Celso is going to take a little bit of time to uh, blood in. But, I mean, I think that's a really good signing for the 10 spot. Um, I think you might have actually dodged a bullet by Paolo Dybala. Yeah. I mean, as great a player as he could potentially could be, a little bit of an ego and selfishness there. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, can't figure out why he's having to play second fiddle to Cristiano Ronaldo. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I mean, dude, if you don't get it, I don't know what to tell you at this point. But, uh, you know, at the back, at the back, I think Tottenham still have a few question marks at the back. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as strong as they've been in the past. Um, but I think they're, I think they can potentially be super, super good in midfield. I think they've got a really good attack and coming off last season, I think they've got a belief mm-hmm. that uh, maybe Tottenham haven't had in the past, you know, yeah, last season they did lose quite a few matches, but they won some big matches and making a run to the European final. I mean, they can't do anything to help them. Um, and once again, in Dombele, I think is a huge pickup. I think he might be the signing of the season in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he could be a difference. I think they close the gap this year. And I think they do that because, like you said, there are points to be taken off the bottom of the league, especially this year. I think they're going to close the gap. I just don't think they're good enough to get to my second place team, Liverpool Football Club. What? Holy shit, that's a that's a twist. That's twisty. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sick to my stomach for uttering those words. Oh. I mean, there have been seasons where we're nowhere near as we are this year, and you know I've gone all in. Yes. Oh, man. Um, I'm not going to say Liverpool can't win the Premier League this year. They absolutely can. I just think a lot of Liverpool's depth in some key places is unproven. 
a lot of it is based on we think this guy can be super good and we're going to give him an early chance. Um, I'm talking about Ryan Brewster. I'm talking about Kajana Hoover um, on the outside. I'm talking about uh, 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 the uh, the African kid we have who's playing left back, who's probably going to be our backup left back. Lacella, Lacella. Can I remember? I don't have his name in front of me. Um, I'm thinking, you know, we're 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 almost at a point where once again we're relying on James, mm-hmm. and at some point that's just not going to work. Um, now that said, it, it 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 is very difficult for Liverpool to improve on the squad they have. Sure, absolutely. And here's my reason: it's not a money issue. Oh, mm. they don't want to spend money. No. That's not the issue. Who are you going to get? Who can come in and is going to push the starting eleven? I said earlier, and I'll stick with it. Liverpool may have the best starting eleven in the world. That can be argued, mm-hmm. um, especially in midfield. But I think up front, across their back four and a goalkeeper, I think they're the best in the world. Um, you know, people are throwing. Well, why didn't you sign Pepe? Pepe don't want to come and sit behind the three up front. You know, instead he signed with Arsenal, which, you know, yeah, that's a little step down as a team, but he's still in the same league. He's still going to make huge money, and he's going to get to play nearly every match. At Liverpool, he was rotating with the front three. Mm-hmm. No one is displacing Salamane and Firmino. That group together, you know, you might be able to make an upgrade on one of them, but that group is just perfect together. You know, as our as a great friend of the show, Thanos likes to say, they're perfectly balanced. <laughs> as all things should be. As all things should be. Um, <sighs> and so, who's getting into that? So, therefore, why am I going to go spend fifty million pounds on a guy who? Slot. Yeah. So you know, they look around. Well, we resigned Dibak Origi. I, I love resigning Origi. I think he's a guy who can score fifteen goals. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not one of the front three, but he is a plan B guy. Um, you know, you bring back um, you bring back Shakiri. Uh, you bring Brewster up. <clears throat> you know, Brewster, to me, effectively replaces Daniel Sturridge. Mm-hmm. Sturridge won't pull up trees last year. He had some. He had a couple of great goals when they happened, and then he didn't do shit the rest of the year. Brewster can do the same thing, probably do more. Um, Brewster is more built as a future replacement to Roberto Firmino, uh, which is a player that, once again, you're not finding a Firmino clone on the market anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> as for midfield, I think that Klopp, um, I think he looked at their, I think he looked at this bit and he looked at it as, you know, we more thrust going forward. Well, guess what? I've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and hopefully to both healthy coming in this season, you know, from basically playing truncated to non-existent seasons a year ago. Why am I going to go buy Bruno Fernandez when I've got these two guys mm-hmm. who, you know, one of them I bought in Nabi Keita, you know, is supposed to be the next big thing. And the other one, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, when he was hit um, a season ago, was showing that you know, this is an England international players at his position in the Premier League when he's healthy. Why am I going to go spend money for the sake of money to try to upgrade on that? Um, 
Henderson, Jordan Henderson and the role we saw him at late in the season was fantastic. Um, Fabinho is arguably the best defensive men in the league, arguably. Um, the back four, like we said, is what they are. Vinaldum stepped up last season. I mean, these are guys who won the European Cup and scored 97 points in the league here. Um, there's just there was not a lot to improve on with what was available out there, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Sure. Uh, I like the pickups we made. I like the Van. Sure, but they're two for the future who are going to be involved in the first team because they're potentially that good. Mm-hmm. So you know that's what you kind of had to do. Dejan Lovren might be gone before the transfer window's over. If he is, that means that Klopp is comfortable with Vandenberg possibly being able to cover at um, central defense if ha- if they have to. Uh, my last said, man, my thing that hasn't been second, I believe that Liverpool are rolling the dice with what I just talked about. Huge potential players who either aren't proven yet or their fitness is not completely proven yet. Mm-hmm. An extended injury to one of the front three could could knock Liverpool out of the Premier League race. But once again, I just I don't see where they were going to get anyone to come in better than what they had. Yeah. So it was kind of a catch twenty two for Jurgen Klopp. Now he actually thrilled because. Now he gets to coach these guys. He, he's got these players who have played for him now. He doesn't have to blood in someone and take three months to get them onto the field. Mm-hmm. That's everything. We've seen that in Liverpool. It took Fabinho forever to get on the field. It took Andy Robertson forever to get on the field. You know, the only two guys really who walked straight – well, think about it. You know, um, you know Salah walked straight in. Mane walked straight in. But out of the last few years, the only guys who really walked straight into the team were Allison and Virgil van Dijk. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know Jurgen Klopp he's excited with what he's got this season I said I think the only thing that can derail Luke injuries and if the what ifs don't stack up with the injuries mm-hmm. it's going to be injuries up front or at fullback that kill Liverpool this season if they so happen so um, and the team I picked to win it uh, And with that, Ed Green just died. Oh, wait. My bad. Wrong paper. Manchester City's going to win the free game. Hey, there it is. Because, you know, that's just unfortunately <laughs> what they do. Uh, I was going to say how long you were going to just keep that silence going. Um, but, uh, yeah. Stunned. Just, uh, just stunning. stunning and brave, Ed. Don't forget both. Stunning yes. and brave. Or brave and stunning, however we want to talk about things. Um you know, we talked about, I mean, it's that intensity Pep Guardiola brings. Um, they are going to stack points early. I said it earlier, my worry for them in that season when the lull comes and will they have enough if they're in another, if they're in another tight race, if them and Liverpool are head to head, once again, March, April, and May, both of them still in the Champions League or one of them not out of the Champions League. Or let's just say, hey, let's say this year City makes a run, Liverpool get knocked out of the Champions League around the team. Now you're going head-to-head down the stretch. You're trading points. You're trading places. Are City just going to have 
have left in reserve to be able to kick up and show up every single week like they did this past year, this past season when they had to win, not draw, not get a result. They had to win every single week in the year 2019 to win the Premier League, to hold Liverpool. I don't know if they'll be able to do that again. Sure. But at this point, I can't bet against them, man. No yeah. one's ever won the Premier League three straight seasons. Um, City, I'm picking them to be the first team that does it. I hate it. It pisses me off. It hurts me deeply. You know it. Um, but I had to do what I had to do in that one. So that is Wes's top seven. Uh, mine is going to look remarkably similar now, actually. Um, I do have Chelsea in seventh. Um, I just, I think they lost so much with Ed Nazard that you just, you can't replicate it. And, and with him gone. And, and like you say, I, I you mentioned Olivier Giroud. I think in a lot of ways he can be Chelsea's Divock Origi. I think they bring enough of a change up off the bench to be great goal scorers for mm-hmm. their clubs. But I mean, he's starting the super cup today and, and if Abraham doesn't work, he's the starter. So I, I just, I, I would be very nervous to find Chelsea if that's, that's their attacking options going forward. Um, and I'm going to say Lester is in sixth. I, I I think I think Everton is very close. I if Wolves weren't in Europa, I would actually probably have put them there. I am just mm-hmm. scared to death of what a Europa run that is still at this moment going on um, could lead to them uh, lead lead uh, happening for them. But um, we'll see how that turns out. So I'm gonna, instead I'm going to pick Leicester without those European commitments. Um, fifth place, I'm going to put Arsenal. This, this is where we differ. This is where we're going to differ. I'm going to put Arsenal fifth, United fourth. Um, and I do think that's very coin flippy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think United has a chance overall with, with the signings they made. I think they actually addressed their issues in a better way than Arsenal did. And I think they have a chance to be better. But just like I said about 20 minutes ago this team could actually just blow up and and just go to hell. So if that happens, I don't I don't know where United actually ends up. Um, but if it doesn't, I do think the quality is there for them to be at least fourth place. I think mm-hmm. I think they could be very good this year. I think they're better than Arsenal overall. Third, absolutely Spurs. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think they're going to be better this year. They could even get to like, 83, 84 points and feel super happy and still be 10 points off second place. Um, and then at that point, you just say, well, what, what what more can we really do with this group at this point? We're just, we're having one of our best stretches as a club in the entire history of our time in the top flight. And it's coinciding with the maybe the first and potentially second greatest runs we've seen from teams. So, eh, it is what it is. Uh, but I do think Spurs are going to be even better than last year. I do think holding on to Toby, um, it looks like I don't think Alderweireld's going anywhere. I think being able to rotate him and Vertonghen and Sanchez as a rotating three back uh, pair of center backs, I think will be really good. Um, Sissoko, we didn't even talk about Sissoko. And yes, he missed another like sitter in front of goal. 
But besides that, against Villa, he looks so good again. Like, Sissoko is... Oh, I, it, it's it's amazing how far this guy's come from being somebody we bought with so much hope from Newcastle to completely being a bust to getting reinvigorated and being a key part of this club again. And I think with him, Ndombele, Winks, uh, and guys like that in the midfield, and then Dyer still having to come back from injury, um, I think that's going to be great. Uh, Sessegnon. Coming over from Fulham, uh, I think could be very, very good. And and Poch loves to play his wing backs, so that that looks like where Sessegnon can fit right in eventually once he gets healthy. And then yeah, Lacelso, Lacelso looks really good. Lacelso looks really, really good from his time uh, overseas, and we'll see if uh, if he can acclimate himself to the Premier League as well. Um, and hey, Kane's already on the score sheet. So how many goals can Harry Kane score if he stays healthy and scores in August? 60? 70? We'll, we'll have to find out. Um, what a one-season wonder. Uh, and then, yeah. I, same with Salah, both one-season wonders. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the best one-season wonders ever. Um, I, I have Liverpool 2, City 1. I just... I... I don't see a logical, oh, this makes sense world where Liverpool overtakes City. That doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, hey, we're going to get to a news and notes, an injury. We talked about one for Liverpool. Hey, there's a City injury too that uh, that could be pretty big going forward. Um, I, I do think City have... They just have this level of depth that most clubs, including Spurs, including Liverpool, simply don't have. Um, and there's some very good players that did not start for either Liverpool or Spurs on the weekend. You mentioned Christian Eriksen. They're, they're, you know, Delhi didn't even play uh, because he was coming back from an injury. Son didn't play because he was suspended. Um, and then And then the guys you mentioned for Liverpool... Uh, I believe Nabi Keita didn't play because of an injury for Liverpool to start to start the season. So there is some quality there, but City's depth is on another level, I think. And that, to me, is more than anything, along with Pep's insane drive to always win everything, is what can keep pushing them forward. I think it's going to be so close again. It wouldn't shock me if Liverpool wins the Premier League. It really wouldn't. But until someone dethrones City, I can't bet against them. I, I just can't do it. So I'm I'm putting City 1, Liverpool 2, Spurs 3, United 4. Those are my Champions League spots for the year. And uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a race again. I just, I mean, hell, we might, we might see, we might see Liverpool win 37 matches and City win 38. Or no, actually that can't be true. Well, yeah, can I mean Liverpool could win thirty-seven, lose one. Yeah. Well, no. 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 Because yeah. no, they'd have yeah. to lose two. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, so, so it's City. <laughs> God. Well, are, are you telling me we could see a team lose one for? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, that just happened. Yeah, we're gonna see a team lose two matches over the course of two years in the Premier League and win zero titles. That's what's going to happen. Oh. 
Oh man, that's that's our Premier League predictions. I'm sure some of them will be right and some of them will be very very wrong. Mwah, chef's kiss. Um, who, was, who wasn't on? Mike and Mikey's have predictions. Sure to go wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's hit the news and notes now uh, as as we head on uh, through that. Um, the injury I mentioned is to a guy who some during the summer didn't even figure would be at City at this point, but he still is. Uh, just won't be playing for them possibly this year. Uh, Leroy Sané does have an ACL injury that he suffered during the Community Shield against Liverpool, um, and he will be having surgery um, on that before he can start his rehabilitation. I mean, he could be out for months, potentially the entire season. And um, Wes, I do have a feeling that maybe City was potentially preparing for life without Leroy Sané, with talks of him moving to Bayern Munich. But this is still a guy that, when his head is right, and when he's healthy, is a humongous part of the Manchester City offense. Um, I want to say, and I'm pulling this stat off the top of my head, maybe Sané over the last two seasons is maybe like second in goals assists per minute in the Premier League. I actually think you're right. And I mean, and then the fact that, um, you know, he doesn't even play that much this past year. Yeah. I mean, it's insane, man. Whatever the, whatever the beef between him and Pep Guardiola, mm-hmm. um, it is, it shows the absolute depth of the Manchester City team where they can take one of the absolute young, best young players in the world, basically put him out in the pasture to alienate him and still go on and win the league. Leroy Sané is fantastic. I would, God, we almost had him at Liverpool too. I would kill to have Leroy Sané on my wing at Liverpool. <laughs> um, I mean, it'd be magnificent. Um, I think Sané. I think if Sané goes pretty much to any team in the world, he's one of their top players. Mm-hmm. I mean, he walks into Munich, he's probably the best player in Bayern. Yeah, he walks into Real, he's one of the absolute best players at Real. Mm-hmm. I think if Madrid had had the chance that they could have gotten Hazane, well, I'll take it back because Madrid's Madrid and they look at different things other than just, you know, who can play. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I would take Sane over Hazard myself. Interesting. Okay. But apparently, you know, apparently Sane has an attitude problem yeah. because it's Pep and Yurgi Lowe who have been like, all right, look, you got to go the hell to him. Yeah. So if Sané can get his shit under control, man, I mean, you're talking about a world superstar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we will see um, that, but that is definitely somebody who does not to be, look to be in City's plans for the season as they look to become, as Wes mentioned earlier, the first three-time-in-a-row winners of the Premier League. Um, our last uh, news and notes, and uh, hey, we've been talking a lot about the women's game uh, this last couple weeks because uh, stories keep popping up. Uh, Kate Markgraf is going to become the first ever general manager of the U.S. women's national team. Um, She's going to be in charge of like scheduling and hiring the next coach after Jill Ellis leaves in about a month or so. Um, She had been a broadcaster for Mm -hmm. ESPN and, of course, uh, was a player for the U.S. uh, women's national team as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, I think this is a great hire. She's always been very 
very well spoken on television. It's good that the the women's side of things is getting more women into to places of power. And hopefully, hey, maybe she can even slap some sense into U.S. soccer's Carlos Cordero and and get the whole pay dispute settled. <laughs> but enough about something we talk about almost every week. Um, on a serious note, this is this is I think a great hire, and um, she has a chance to really stamp her name on this team with whoever she gets as the uh, the managerial pick to to lead this team in as they try to defend their title yet again in a couple years of the World Cup. Absolutely. I love the Kate Bargraf hire. Mm-hmm. I listen to her a lot on ESPN. Um, she did a lot of the uh, coverage for the Women's World Cup this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's very intelligent, really mm-hmm. knows what's going on, has a, has her finger really on the pulse of the United States football. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a magnificent hire. I don't think they could have really done better at this point. Um, she is. She seems to be outspoken. She's opinionated. Uh, she seems like she's going to be going to bat mm-hmm. yeah. for, for her squad. And that's, that's big time, man. You just, you know, that's all you want at the top is somebody who's going to go to bat for you, who's going to go to war for you. Um, and I think, uh, I think U.S. women's soccer is in a, uh, in a very good spot going forward. Uh, because you know what? There is going to be some big turnover because as we mentioned before, this was an older yeah. U.S. team that just won the title. So it's a big job coming up for Kate Margraff and uh, whoever is the next manager of the United States. Absolutely. So we wish her all the best of luck and, and look forward to seeing who she picks for to be the head coach of the U.S. women's team going forward and seeing how they do. So that is your news and notes for the Spoiler, week. Spoiler, Josie Mourinho's out there. <sighs> Get, poach him from Sky Sports right away. Oh, I love it. I love the idea. Oh, man, that's great. Um, somebody, oh, by the way, because we don't plug them enough, uh, The Athletic has started their Premier League coverage. Um, it is, oh, it's fantabulous. It's so friggin' good. It, shock, shockingly, something on The Athletic is good. Um, if the, you weren't already reading The Athletic just religiously, <laughs> yeah. getting better that's from michael cox's articles where he like really just breaks down things coming from zonal marking um to to just the individual team articles uh jack pitbrook is already doing a great job as the spurs uh correspondent i forget exactly who i I know there's two liverpool correspondents but i just um james pierce yes is uh and james pierce has like been correspondent for the liverpool echo for Mm -hmm. like the last five six years Mm um i mean he's just he's the freaking man anyway uh and to get him over there that's that's just huge uh oh actually he was with the echo for 14 years wow so uh and he was like the lead liverpool right it's like you know if it came from james pierce you could pretty much you know Mm -hmm. go ahead and bet on it that it was going to be big time and i believe no it's not melissa reddy melissa reddy's actually got a ESPN now, which is good. That gives Liverpool good coverage on ESPN. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Liverpool coverage has been, really, you know, and that was the one thing that the Athletic took some good soccer coverage. When we would get some soccer coverage, it was really good. It's just we didn't get it very often. So I mean, until recently, like the very last Liverpool, some winning the champion, mm-hmm. and then suddenly this dropped, and now it's like holy shit! Now we have. 
That's great. And the other Premier League teams, they're really good. I mean, the Athletic is a magnificent venture that's mm-hmm. been undertaken. Um, and yeah, we're pimping them, and they don't give us anything they could. But they, um, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm coming up for renewal for the next year. Anybody <laughs> want to throw? Awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, from Georgia football to uh, also Red Sox baseball, it's it's great stuff. And Manny Navarro covers Miami Hurricanes mm-hmm. football. It's um, it's, it is top shelf stuff on the athletic. Yeah, and, and the whole reason I even got on this was because we brought up Josie Mourinho, and uh, they they do these great things on the athletic. By the way, the comments for the most part in the athletic, some of the best user comments you will find oh, on the yeah. internet. They're not all great. They're not all winners, but the the ratio of idiots and trolls to actually thoughtful people is so much higher on the athletic than a must play. So, Hey, who knows? Who knew if you had to pay for content, you'd get better quality. It's crazy. Um, but somebody commented, uh, jo- there was a talk about Josie Mourinho. Uh, I, th- Oh, I was, uh, Josie Mourinho had made some comments about, uh, Mason Mount, uh, in his first debut for Chelsea on, on against United, uh, and Lampard, I guess, had something to say about it in his press conference. Uh, but somebody in the comments was like, oh, well, you know, Mourinho is that terrible, terrible man. And I was like, yeah, he's that terrible, terrible man we love, 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 love to see on our television every week. Because, you know, if, if Josie's popping up, it's appointment television. He's a he's a dick and an asshole. But man, is he fun to watch on TV. Oh, it's just so much better with him there. So anyway, but yeah, the athletic is amazing. Um, and that's, that's what we've been reading, but Wes, we hit in the watch four. what have you been watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Uh, it has been a uh, very period mm-hmm. here lately for, for old Wes, but that doesn't mean that I didn't get Ant-Man and Wasp and Captain Marvel back in this week. And now in me, my mother Lynn mm-hmm. now stand on the precipice of Endgame. Oh. <sighs> Which comes out, uh, it is it is still officially Wednesday right now, mm-hmm. um, as we're doing. It's Wednesday the 14th. Tomorrow is Thursday the 16th or 15th. Friday the 16th, um, in-game releases on uh, on your DVD, Blu-rays, all that good stuff. I don't think, uh, had she watched Endgame since we last talked, or sorry, Infinity War since we last talked live? Yes, as we saw, yes. So she's seen Infinity War. So, so now, now we need to know how how did she feel about Infinity War? Oh, she is like just she was blown away. My mom has this tendency to watch a movie and knowing if I, she'll just start asking questions. Mm-hmm. I do my best to just completely ignore her and say words <laughs> like "just watch," yeah. "just watch." And when I looked over at her disintegrating she just had her mouth open like oh my god what's happening yeah um so uh as far as with um in-game coming up she has she has she has asked will she cry oh yeah i said there's a very good chance i said i did it about three points yeah she said well all i can say is if iron man dies i'm gonna cry well and i just kind of shook my head i was like well i wouldn't blame yeah it's a good answer so, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. I may have to, I may have to film her reactions. 
Oh, yeah, set up a camera and just film reactions during in-game. And remember, they're not all sad tears. There's some no, happy no. tears that get shed in that movie. Yes, there are. <laughs> um, so within the last few weeks, um, they have a released enough where people can start putting up uh, YouTube clips for the mm-hmm. game. Yes. Uh, so I've watched uh, twice. I've watched my absolute favorite part of maybe movie history where uh, mm-hmm. everyone shows up and walks out of the mm-hmm. portal. Oh, the Warriors. Avengers Assemble. And um, literally watching it completely cold last <laughs> I'm sitting at my girlfriend's table and like choking up. Yeah. Like, I know I know everything happened in here. So I'm just waiting for Tuesday night so I can choke up while I watch it again. Oh, it's a great scene. So, um, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. And I'm ready. It's been two months since I've seen it. I'm ready to see it again. <laughs> I'm ready to see it with a with an audience who has not seen it. That's my fine. father. My father, still not impressed. <laughs> Infinity War didn't get still, him. Still has to remind me during the movie. You know, fake. Thank you. What? Did all yeah, these people disintegrating is fake? Are you sure? Are you, sure? You, you mean Thor, the god of thunder, not real? You mean there's not a man with an iron suit who flies around? You mean there's not a woman who just projects red energy around her and can manipulate space and time? What? You say so, Pete. Whatever, whatever part of Edgecombe County you're from, whatever. <laughs> So yeah, that's a, he. He likes to uh, point out, you know, this is fake. Thank you. <laughs> dynamite, dynamite, drop it. Dynamite, drop it, Cotton. No, sorry, sorry, everything can't be a bi- yeah. plane crash that happened in 1984, which is like all he watches. So. Oh man. Yeah, good times. But uh, yeah, man, that's what's coming up. Um, fall TV is right around the corner. It's true. So we'll be obviously talking a little more fall TV as that gets here. Um, usually kicks off in September. So uh, I know we're both excited about some shows coming back. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that coming up. But for me, man, it's been it's been a it's been the summer of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Summer of summer of Marvel, not to be confused with summer of George, or the summer of love, or the summer of Sam. <laughs> yeah, that one too. Thanks, John Leguizamo. No problem, no problem. <laughs> um, my, my watch for is going to be pretty short. Uh, I mentioned this show, I think, a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it here because I, I did manage to get through it. Um, Infinity Train. You know, Wes is talking about Infinity War. I'm talking about Infinity Train. Again, on Cartoon Network. Uh, it's 10 episodes long. Each episode is 11 minutes-ish. So it's basically the length of a movie. Not even a Marvel movie. So you can knock it out in an afternoon. It's that shit goes places. Also, one of the best uses of the song Word Up by Cameo I've ever experienced in any form of media. Just it's just straight out of left field. Did not expect to be watching a show on Cartoon Network and have my main character singing Word Up by Cameo. And then hearing word up by cameo later on in the show. It's very odd. Um, but yeah, show's amazing. It's if you if you like your shows that deal with grief and loss and mourning and how to move on with your life, 
um, wrapped up in a nice, funny package. This is the show for you. It is at times genuinely touching. And I was not expecting it. I just thought, hey, this is a cool concept for a cartoon. I'll watch it. And then I started to feel things. And I didn't expect to feel things in this show. So uh, they have confirmed a season two. I don't know when it's going to come out. I'm very excited for whenever it does. But yeah, Infinity Train. Again, super short. 10, 11 minute episodes. It's great. I highly suggest everyone watches it. It is fantastic. So a lot, lot of emotions get hit up, in, especially in the second half of that series. But speaking of emotions and getting hit, Wes, let's talk about SummerSlam, I guess. <clears throat> I mean, happens. let me start by saying everything I heard was, was a really... Oh, great. I mean, I just... Uh, just haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I promise you. One day, I, when A shot again it's just when when you're disappointed to an extent that i was you know sometimes you just you go off the boil and that's what happened to me but let's take a quick run down the uh main main of uh SummerSlam. uh raw women's championship match becky lynch defeated natalia via submission mm. uh while her was a big time match had a big time pop uh goldberg beat Dolph ziggler because Whatever, we had sure. to get Goldberg back for some reason. That was predictable. Uh, apparently, this match was supposed to be like three other things, and then just eventually, well, we got Goldberg. Let's put him in. Uh, Drake made an appearance because this was in Toronto. Yay. Toronto. Drake. And, uh, wheelchair, wheelchair Jimmy made his way. So, <laughs> uh, that said, it was not the Drake that everyone thought it was. Drake Maverick. <laughs> hey, got him. He got his ass kicked. They got him. Uh, United States Championship match. AJ Styles beat Ricochet um, in an absolutely fantastic match with a magnificent finish to it, apparently. Um, one odd to check out. Uh, Bailey defeated Ember Moon to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. Mm. Not a great match. Mm. Kevin Owens uh, beat Shane McMahon and, and wasn't a great match overall, but emotion match there's a lot of big story behind it charlotte beat trish stratus trish stratus making a return of course she is a canadian hero okay Um, she is she is also a uh, a hero of uh, all of us who had america online back (laughs) Um, because my god there was nothing better than downloading pictures of trish stratus uh she is gorgeous in she's gorgeous now uh but that said she lost to the nature hoot um, Charlotte Flair, the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Uh, Kingston retains via a double countout. Um, it was not a great finish to the match, um, but it, it was. I think it was a match with storyline in it. Uh, maybe seeing a little change in Kofi Kingston, uh, hmm. personality-wise. So, uh, you know, could see him going somewhere. A match that was really well received. Bray Wyatt makes his in-ring debut, his new persona, The Fiend. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt has been doing these, like, uh, segments for about two or three months now called, like, Firefly Funhouse. Okay. And I'm telling you, it's some shit. You might actually be kind of like, you know, it's so hokey you would probably dig it a little bit. Uh But that was the whole point of it was being hokey. And it's kind of like a new persona for him. 
he has the same theme song, which, well, here's the thing. I think he has one of the best theme songs in wrestling history. Mm -hmm. And they have taken it and it's the same song, like uh, redone by another artist and in a full, a totally different form that kind of goes with this new extra evil persona. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost like, it almost sounds like an old, like mix of this song. Okay. So, uh, yeah, um, it was good. And he, he beat Finn Balor. But the fiend Bray Wyatt, I'm really hoping he's such a fan, and I felt they never used him right. And I'm hoping maybe this can get the push for for him. Um, Universal Championship match. You want to talk about one that delivered? Seth Rollins uh, defeats Brock Lesnar to win back the Universal Championship. Um, the highlight of this match was a frog splash um, through a table. Uh, outside the ring that Rollins dropped on Lesnar. Um, really good match, apparently. Uh, Rollins gets him with a curb stomp at the end, and the beast goes down, which is something you don't see very often, a clean Brock Lesnar loss. What? So, I'll tell you, man, everything I'm hearing is Rollins smacked up. Like I said, man, just let me get AEW in October and take a look at it again. Um, but you know, if I get some time this weekend, uh, maybe I'll check out, um, uh, SummerSlam here and, uh, you know, just go through it again, kind of see where everything is, try to pick some things up. Folks, I'm not all out on wrestling. I'm not quite all in on wrestling, but I'm going to give it another chance coming up. Promise. The people. It's a promise that I'm sure you have no problem keeping. So we will we will check in in about a month and a half, see see what goes down there in in WrestleTown. So hey, good job SummerSlam, you weren't a failure. That's what's important. Uh, much like Toronto, you're not a failure. Um, <laughs> got you again, Canada. Um, but that's gonna do it for this episode of the Foreign Affair Podcast. I don't know why we're ending it like that, but that's what we're doing. Um, once again, thanks to our providers, including uh, NGSC Sports, as well as Alicia's Pills and Things. You can find them on the social media, as well as us. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod on Twitter. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. You can also email us at allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to all our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, so big things coming. Week two of the Premier League set to happen this weekend. Um, uh, the draw for the Champions League group stage, I think, happens in about two weeks um, mm-hmm. from, from uh, Monaco, I think it is. So we'll be checking that out. Uh, league cups getting started in a couple weeks. So, Hey, they, we're, we're rolling right into the thick of the next calendar of European football. And it is going to be a doozy, especially if this first week is any indication. Um, so we'll be talking about that next week, but before we get out of here this week, Wes, anything else you'd like to add? Well, Ed, we had our little Marvel. T- mm-hmm. Week. I just want to wish from the Affordable Pair podcast to one of our co-absolute favorite 
uh, Marvel stars. A happy birthday to Sebastian Stan. It was actually on uh, Tuesday, August the 13th. He turned 37 years old. He caught me again. I knew we were going to be friends for some reason. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're, we're the same age now, the age of 37. He's in better shape than me. But I'm coming. I'm coming for you, Sebastian. But, uh, yeah, a happy birthday to the Winter Soldier, uh, who will have his show coming out uh, sometime very soon on we are we are going to keep standing mr stan happy birthday mr stan and we look forward to watching you on disney plus in the in the coming months when uh when you and sam wilson return to our screens in uh i love you bucky uh, black falcon or is that what it is whoa whoa no what what is it um he's just falcon but what's the name of the show is it falcon and the winter soldier then yeah, I think so. I thought there was something that came before his name, though. Um, let's look real quick. It's not that's Captain Falcon. I know that's something completely different. Uh, it just says Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, it does? Huh. Yeah, that's all I'm finding. Where? Okay, that's fine. I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. It's fine. So, anyway, yeah, we love you guys. And, uh... You are definitely going to be worth it when you come out on fall, Disney. Fall, fall 2020, so we have a ways to go. Hey, I, I got time. I got nothing but time, baby. So, it's all my side. So with that, we will bid you all adieu for this edition of the A Foreign Fair podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. And until next time, everyone, stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Istanbul, where Liverpool just go to win European. We hope to see you guys again soon. Uh, June? Uh, May the 30th. Champions League final. Yeah, that's right. Do they usually do that where they host the Super Cup in the... Yes, I believe they've started doing that over the last few years. Because last year they did it. Ah, makes sense. Okay. (laughs) Wonderful. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.